Audioversity, the voice of Reichman University. I think, and I write about this in my, my books, which is like a little more like my dreams, is that in the future people will come like uh, you bring the car for a tune-up and they replace oil or some parts and the yeah. and it's still the same car. You just replace some parts, but it's your car. You come, you will come to the doctor and they will replenish you with some cells to rejuvenate whatever is in your body. It will still be you. But part of you will be cells that you were transplanted so with. You, so we could live forever. I was just going to say, when do you die? <laughs> when you want. <laughs> when you want. Actually, serious. Amazing conversations from Israel, all topics considered. With Aaron Porras and Hannah Rifkin. Welcome to the Actually Serious podcast, where we cover Israel's most interesting with all topics and the humans behind them considered. Brought to you in partnership with Audioversity and No Camels, the leading site for Israel innovation news. I'm Aaron Porras. And before we begin, again, remember to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, Audioversity, and social media, and to AaronPorras.com, as well as to Aaron Porras on YouTube for more original content from Israel. Now, today I'm here with my executive producer, Hannah Rifkin, and Professor Ariel Revel. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I am mispronouncing your name. Uh, I don't speak. It's Ruvel. 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 He's the director of medical affairs at Kadima Stem, a leading biotech company that creates groundbreaking treatments and research in the application of stem cells, uh, which we all know can be a fairly touchy subject, but more on that later for now. Professor, how are you? Well, today is the Memorial Day for the Holocaust. Yes. So it's, it's a weird all of us, day. Yeah. Uh, all of us are thinking about the past of the Jewish people. But I think my grandfather, who was a fighter for the resistance in France, he was wow. a medical doctor himself. He would be very proud to see me here today. I, I think yes. so. It's important to look at the past and look at how far we've come and how strong we've become as a people. And clearly, how it, as you just mentioned, how it's shaping the future. Yes. Uh, and does that inform, did, I mean, did that history inform your decisions to go into medicine and, and I biotech I didn't have any choice. Or? My grandfather is no, a medical doctor. My father is a medical doctor. Oh, okay. So it's the family, I it's wanted the family to be, business. I wanted, be, I wanted to be a movie director, like Steven <laughs> Spielberg. So what, I mean. So my both? parents told me there is no problem. You just finish medical school. And after that, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> That's arguably the most Jewish thing I've ever heard. Yes, cool. yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. I told my mom, But too, then you I finish said. medical school, and they tell you a medical diploma is nothing. You need to do fellowship, uh, training, right. right? A residency. Yeah. So I chose uh, obstetrics and gynecology. That's right. another six years after the seven years. And then you finish obstetrics and gynecology. They tell you, well, you can't do anything with it. You need to choose a subspecialty. So I flew to Toronto with my um, ex-wife and the four children, and we lived in Toronto. I worked at the University of Toronto training in reproductive medical right. science. So now you're in too far deep. You can't switch now. And then, right, it's <laughs> after so many years, you've invested all <laughs> well, your life in it. You have to work in it to, to, to make it worthwhile your time. Well, I mean, now but one you know, day, one day iPhone, I was called by be... the uh, Hebrew University rector, and he told me that he is uh, electing me to be a professor at the university. Awesome. And the next day, I registered to study cinema. 
Nice. So, <laughs> so, all right. So, what is your IMDb? And, and, and I made two short films. Did you really? Yes. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. One of them won uh, the the choice, uh, like the um, spectators' choice, really? at a festival in Livermore, California. Okay. It's a sixteen-minute film. What's it about? It's a fiction, and um, it's it's fiction. And it's like the nightmares of of uh, gynecologists. I mean, something goes wrong in the li- delivery room, and oh, how gosh. how you how you address it, and it's it's, it's a love story basically. It's a, a love story wow. based on With, based the, on tragedy, a, the nightmares yes. of a gynecology office. Yes, correct. See, I mean, like you can, I I can imagine that applied to say a moil and circumcision situation correct yes a uh, but i'm curious i i need to know more okay like what is walk me through give me give me a hint here what's like the pg-13 version well of this nightmare um it's a it's a girl from haredi background ah. and she finds a groom by shiduch by arranged marriage sure. but just before the marriage she finds that there is a secret in the family and she has a brother in an institution with a genetic disease. And the question of the film uh-huh. is, do you, do you reveal the secret to the other side? Ooh. Oh, wow. If you have a skeleton in your closet just before wedding. Wow. It's, That's now, major the episode. issue yeah. is that her doctress, her doctor, who is like the, the, the main actor, uh, Liat Azar is the actor, an Israeli actress, she tells her, it's very important you tell him because he needs to do some genetic tests. And if he's a carrier, there right. is no problem. We can do pre-implantation genetic testing on the embryo and make sure that the embryo is not sick. Right. So do you reveal a secret in order to prevent birth of a defective um, genome in the, yeah, chi- in the, the future child? I say no. So, uh, they might. so when I, I, pr- I, I showed the movie, many times there was a debate around it. And uh, it's it's a question in in and not only in Jewish uh, thinking. I mean, it was shown right. in I I show uh, um, the movie not only in the United States but in India, and even there that it's a very difficult uh, dif- different background. What's it called? It's called. Uh, I mean, there's two films, so okay. it's like one continuation sure. of the other. Oh, mm-hmm. all right. And um, but it's called the hidden genetic secrets. I need. I want to like send you. Maybe you can put. Uh, you can put the link. It's on. It's yes. on. Uh, yeah. It's it's oh it's online and it's free. So we'll definitely include. Wow. We'll, we'll we'll include it. Yes. All right. So check out check and out. And there the is link. English subtitles. Oh yeah, for sure. So yes. check out the link. I'll have it. I'll yes. have it. It's on, on the YouTube, Vimeo. Uh, you know, it's like it's on Vimeo. Vimeo. Yeah. Perfect. So That's I'll amazing. I'll I'll make sure I'll include a link uh, on the sure. YouTube. Uh, sure. I'm very I'm very proud of studying cinema it sounds fantastic and for me it's a passion i mean i, I love the the world of um, of the film well and so it's i mean as brilliant as it is to kind of narrow in on a subject like this that is so i don't want to say divisive but certainly thought-provoking uh it also sounds though that it has some sort of history there you know, coming from your medical background as well, especially now you're in genetics and you were in obstetrics and gynecology, it sounds like you've morphed a lot of your own experiences into the creation of this 
film. Absolutely, yes. I mean, all the stories that happen when you are working as a medical physician, and especially in the field of reproduction and right. having children with young people with so many stories, it's, I mean, I, I'm writing now my second book, and in my first book, I bring many of those stories. Uh, it's in Hebrew. I dream of translating it to English. And also my second book is more about the brain and how people fall in love and how all, how all the hormones work what, one with the other. Sure. And it's filled of, of stories. I mean, love stories that have to do with people not having children or, or so many issues that come up today with the possibilities of uh, third-party reproduction, wow. with um, surrogacy. And in Israel, uh, as you know, fertility is above everything. And because we're very liberal society and you'd be surprised but even jewish thinking is very very liberal i mean if you oh, ask yeah. a rabbi he they are very pro family pro reproduction sure and it's very surprising because if you compare it to um, other religions which are more strict there is many things that are allowed in jewish thinking and difficult in other religions i mean i can a case in point i, I think to your point is issues like say abortion i mean in, in or breaking breaking religious law in general you see in the favor debate of, of life of, of abortion in the united states how it's splitting families yeah. and and, yeah. Uh, and here it's as long as you're saving a life pretty much anything is allowed correct yes um and, and this I, brings out maybe to uh, stem cells yeah because uh, we are working at at the kadima stem on a solution for a disease we're working on a solution for ALS, which is a terrible neuro yeah, neurodegenerative disease, Lou Gehrig disease, mm -hmm. and there is no cure. Uh -huh. And we think we've found something that is very significant, that if you replace the astrocytes, astrocytes are uh, cells that support the nerves. They fix them. And they are not working properly in right. many diseases, not only Lou Gehrig's, but many neurodegenerative diseases. And if we put in new astrocytes, fresh astrocytes, they can start repairing the damage, whatever it is, wow. in, in the list of, of dozens of diseases. ALS is just the first one we've focused on. And we've already uh, uh, injected our cells into 10 patients at Hadassah Hospital in Jerusalem. This was a, the preliminary trial. So for safety, it was completely safe. There were no significant side effects. And there was some slowing down of the disease. And exactly one month ago, we've received permission from FDA to perform a large clinical trial in, in the United States. Wow. Wow. So, okay, like, walk me through a little bit about your Stem journey, cells. I guess, to, to get yes. to that. So this, and, this yeah. question is, where do we get stem cells? So first well, we need to ask. We talked about that question. in terms of the ethical issue, and Correct. also yes. as far as Judaism is concerned, exactly. there yes. is a problem with the sourcing. And Hannah and I actually talked about this in, pre okay. in preparation. So what are stem cells? Do we so have stem, stem cells in every person? I mean, I know you have the iPSCs, which uh, you can take a cell and revert it into a stem cell. And then you have I'm asking naturally. IPS is not natural. Right. And natural. Well, so you have the in your body. ESCs, which so I'm guessing no. ESCs is an embryonic e stem cell. Exactly. So you don't have embryonic stem cells Correct. in your body. But are so, there stem cells in your body? Or currently? I, currently, today. I, here as my, we sit. My guess is no. And Hannah? Um I I 
feel like you at least don't have what you a few years ago you a few it. years ago you were a child right your femur is your, the largest bone in your body sure it was shorter how but, did it grow to be so long well so it's my understanding that it that it's written into the genetic code to to go but through what's, certain processes what's building processes. the new bone where, where, I does, mean, where do the sales come from? So, so my understanding, and I'm probably way off here, and I can't wait for you to tell me how I'm wrong, <laughs> is, <laughs> I mean that seriously, my guess is that we have built into our genetic code to go through certain growths, and that the material that we take into our body through eating, drinking, etc., is converted into by our cells into building blocks that are directed to certain places throughout the body, and then they take their cues from the surrounding cells of what to okay, become. Okay, so, so the, the complete answer is positive. You have stem cells in every tissue in your body. And right now, if you cut yourself and there is bleeding from, uh, from a vein or from right. a capillary, there are stem cells coming there to repair the, the wall of the blood vessel. And the, the muscle around it. If you have a fracture in your bone, stem cells come there and build new bone. So there is bone stem cells and blood stem cells. But they have a parent. They, st they come from some right. someplace. So some cells not the are slates. pluripotent stem cells. They can become everything. They can become okay. bone. They can become blood. All right? So this type of pluripotent stem cells are usually found in the fertilized egg has half the genes of your mother right. half the genes of your father and it starts splitting like crazy and all the cells are identical like the first fertilized egg and all of them are identical and you can make from them every tissue in the body sure. the eye the kidney the liver the bone so what we've got is a one single blastocyst which is a five-day embryo from a couple who were in fertility treatments they completely completed their family plans, and they had surplus blastocysts. And they were asked, what well, do you want to discard it or donate it to research? They elected to donate it to research. We separated the pluripotent stem cells from the ones making the placenta, just the cells that are going to make the embryo, but they are capable of making every single cell. And we just left them in the dish to multiply right. until we have a bank of everlasting multiplying cells forever. They continue just multiplying as long as they there, don't There's no limit to how long no, they'll continue they can to continue multiply? continue to multiply forever. So why do you need a continuous... So we freeze, we freeze them in batches. Right. And then we take a frozen vial, we take it out, and we, we say, you're going to be astrocytes. We give them a few genetic orders, and they become astrocytes. And then we can inject those astrocytes into ALS patients through the spinal into the CSF, the, the cerebral sp spinal fluid, and it starts working just there. Kadima STEM is also working on a second project, which we're making, an we're making artificial eyelid cells. 100 years ago... Artificial eyelids? Eyelids. What? Eyelids oh, of eyelids. Langerhans okay. for diabetes type 1. Okay. 100 years ago, insulin production was discovered, and this revolutionized <laughs> the treatment of diabetes type 1 that you can inject insulin wow. today we are just uh, uh, one or two or three years from 
stopping the use of insulin injections and replacing it by cells which produce insulin inside the body. So the patient is not depending, not dependent on the supply. He has an artificial liver, uh, a pancreas, just the islet cells in the pancreas, the, the part that is making insulin. And we're able to take our same embryonic stem cells, a different vial, give it seven gene orders. It takes 30 days and they become islet cells, which produce insulin and glucagon, which is like the antidote so to regulate the sugar. So with diabetes, though, isn't there like a genetic issue involved? How do... Because it sounds like what you're aiming for ultimately is a cure for the diabetes. Correct. But then isn't there some sort of genetic or, or uh, again, for lack of better knowledge, like some sort of autoimmune issue or something like that? It is an autoimmune disease. So how does... Which, so how uh, are which, the... Uh, usually a young person... Right. His uh, islets of Langerhans, those that are producing insulin and glucagon, are completely destroyed. He's not able to... So how, so how do you prevent the cells that you're injecting this person with from taking on those same defective properties? Wow, that's an excellent question. That's a very, nice. very good question. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. I do my Yay, best. Yay, you want a gold star? <laughs> I do my best. The real answer is that we don't know, but ju we just do know that it works. How do we know that it works? Because uh, 23 years ago, there was a protocol called Edmonton, like the town in Canada, because it started from there. It's a Jewish scientist who discovered that if you take cadaveric islets, mm -hmm. you, you remove the pancreas of three corpses, dead people, you isolate the, the islets. From three dead people, you can produce enough islets to cure one person. Okay. So it works. It works that transplanting islets can cure diabetes. The problem is that it's very difficult to get Right. Enough donors and the procedure is yeah. difficult. So what Just we're doing is grave robbery. We're da Vinci did it. It's fine. <laughs> well, it's I fine. Mean, it's all under. We have enough ethical all problems authorized. to talk about. <laughs> and and uh, what we're doing is replacing the cadaveric cells by uh, islet cells, adult cells that mm -hmm. are produced from embryonic stem cells. So, so we know it works. Awesome. And and is there? Does it have to? keep being maintained or it's like once it's like cured it's actually cured it's not like oh you have good questions today <laughs> i hope so we're, so, uh, we're, we're a smart bunch <laughs> yeah smart. really really clever <laughs> um the answer is that uh, we don't know yet um in mice we've done one transplant and the mice that have diabetes have our cells for a year and it, and, and they are still okay we're going to follow the first patients when we get the approval I think in about a year or two to start clinical trials. Wow. And then we will see how long it lasts. It may be that we need to repeat it. Maybe we need to have some kind of cassette, which we need to fill once in a while with new cells. We're not sure. I mean, I have another question about the, the sourcing as well, because you mentioned earlier that once you have the blastos blastoma or blastosis, yeah, blastosis, that once you have that, it will continue to multiply indefinitely correct why then do you need to continue sourcing new blastoses we don't we have one single donor and that's our bank so then i mean so why because it sounds like it's like this continuous yeah. search for for 
embryonic stem cells. Is it not? Is that like search, search for the applications for the development? No, it's it for the source. It's no. It, it sounds like I mean when I listen one 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 donor. So yeah, by listening to the news, by listening to the public debate, it sounds like people are just like that's why researchers I'm here. are continuously you looking for more to to make it simple. You did mention IPS. What are yeah. IPS? This is a, a, um, an invention found by a group in, in Japan, mm-hmm. and uh, what they found is that it is possible, very strange, to take adult cells and reprogram them to be pluripotent stem cells. Which is to amazing. Ma- which is amazing. Yeah. So it's not a natural process. Right. What we're w- working with the embryonic stem cells, this is a natural process. From an embryo, you get every tissue in the body. Right. They're doing like reverse engineering. What's preferred? So the the idea that it's possible to do is is fantastic, right. and it can solve for people that have a problem with using a, a human embryo for for uh, religious or, yeah. or um, philosophical issues. We are able at Kadima Stem to do the exact same sure. cell lines for ALS, the Astro X. And for diabetes, the Islet Rx, exactly the same product by IPS. It is possible if required. So, so what's so it's, what's it, so it's preferred, obviously, to have yeah. the embryonic cell, cells because it's natural, right? Uh, I well, agree. but but wouldn't it? But let's say a company, arguably, wouldn't it be a company be preferred to do the IPSC buys Kadima Stem and they're located in let's say, Germany or, I don't know, Netherlands, which, has maybe, which maybe they issues. have uh, a problem. And they say, we are willing to invest in, in the company, but we want you to make the, the the adult sales from IPS. We're fine with it. Well, so my whole thing is, is it so is it preferred? Rather, I'll, I'll rephrase. From the biological point of view, I think Hannah is correct. The natural seems to me more logical than doing the reverse. But it, it but works. If it's more it works. Apl- but if if fewer people will have any sort of ethical issue with yes. it, why not just eliminate the ethical issue from the board to begin with? This is a lot more work. Man. How do you solve ethical problems? No, like, I'm saying by by doing IPSC. What like if that I'm removes not, the ethical question it. from the board? If why not the just issue, move in that direction? If this is the issue, we will go that way. Mm. Right. Interesting. But you know there is differences between countries. Can you propagate cells from an IPSC? Can you like? Will that continue yes. to propagate yes. indefinitely, like the others? Yes. Once they become, once they become stem cells, they act like stem cells, which oh. are um, just uh, multiplying like crazy. Wow! They behave like stem cells. <clears throat> That's amazing. It is. And I guess so. Sticking with the whole ethical issues thing, I mean, when when you're talking about that. Uh, What's the line between the duty and care of those in suffering versus value on potential human life? What have you come across? What do you believe as a doctor? I mean, I was brought up uh, Jewish, mm-hmm. and uh, the head of the company, my father, Michel Orvel, is uh, a scientist, and the patents belong actually to his, his work at the Weizmann Institute. But he was also head of the Bioethical Committee in Israel and represented Israel in UNESCO. So if you speak to him, he will say that <clears throat> in Jewish thinking, um, cells are potential for life. Um, there, is, there is this famous joke, when does life begins? Mm. You know, so for, 
for Christians, life begins at the fertilization of the egg. That's life already. For Muslims, life begins when the baby takes his first breath and cries. And for Jewish people, life begins when the dog dies and the children leave home. So it's just a joke, <laughs> but what is life? But it's also I mean, a question. If we a have question. a group of cells that if you implant them in the uterus, they might become a baby, is it life? And it goes back to the argument about abortion. If a woman is at the beginning of the pregnancy and she prefers not to raise this child for whatever reason, psychological or whatever, mm-hmm. is it murder? Is it like me coming now and, and taking a knife and, and, and killing a student I mean, I on know the that, lawn here at the university. I know it's that not there's the same a, thing for me. The, I know that there is a compelling argument, though, to say that the difference between a embryo, a fertilized embryo and an adult is just time, but that the, gen, the unique genetic code of that human being is programmed from the moment of conception. It's there. It's, it's a potential. Sure, but... Time I, is potential. I, of course. So we're not I, going to everything solve from this like eye because color people, and hair people color are to raised, height, like it's all there. People are raised with their teachers mm-hmm. and their religion and their philosophy. I think it's very, very difficult to convince people to change their mind. So I agree with you that I think for the next few years, we're going to have either or, I mean, either IPS or embryonic, maybe... It will be in parallel. Some companies will have both products and whatever people prefer. Even now, in my field of uh, reproductive medicine, some countries allow for pre-implantation genetic testing of the embryo before putting it in the uterus, and others don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In some countries, egg donation is permitted, in other, and people just cross borders for whatever they yeah. wish for. I have patients who are Muslim, and uh, in, in Islam, uh, sperm donation is not allowed, and if the male has no sperm at all sometimes they come to israel in secret and Hmm. ask for sperm donation and nobody knows so people cross borders to fulfill their dreams i've had patients from india come here for selecting embryos that are able to uh, donate bone marrow to a to a sister who was ill with uh, thalassemia so i have many stories where differences in religion or in whatever is available in one country is different in other countries. So, and I think this is going to stay for a long time. Coming off of that, and what Khan asked you earlier, where do you stand on donation versus sale? Wow, Aaron, we talked about this. I know, but now what I What did you put, talk about? Well, just that it, that it does kind of, I would think, cre- create ethical issues. Because if you allow the sale of organs and embryos etc then it can create a black market and especially if you especially if you don't know the source right because if if sale of an organ or an embryo for example is allowed let's say let's say a single woman in israel she's uh, 40 years old sure and she doesn't have children and she goes to the sperm bank and she pays money to get, to buy a sperm sample from california mm-hmm. is that okay for you she wants to have a child that's okay for me I mean, it's more norm. That's more normalized. That's not what I'm talking. But that's not so much what I'm talking about. Selling a kidney. What about what about a woman who has um, was born without a uterus, or the uterus was removed for some problem, and she needs to pay a surrogate mother to hold a baby for her, and she needs to pay a lot of money for for so so again so this so this sort of stuff is yes I would say yes, where I think the issue might er, might come up is 
in the trafficking, in the illegal trafficking of organs and uh, material. So this is where I think uh, cell therapy is the answer mm. because you're able to create organs. Now you need organ donation. I think in the future, this will be less of an issue. If you will need an organ donation, you could create the yeah, organ grow it in, in, lab. The lab, in the lab. And I think the future of cell therapy is huge. I think people don't realize how our life in 50 years or 100 years will be very, very different thanks to cell therapy. Because as we age, our cells age. And many of the cells in our body are aging in the mm -hmm. kidney, in the brain, in the heart, in the lungs. And I think, and I write about this in my, my books, which is like a little more like my dreams, is that in the future, people will come like uh, you bring the car for a tune-up and they replace oil or some parts and the yeah. and it's still the same car. You just replace some parts, but it's your car. You come, you will come to the doctor and they will replenish you with some cells to rejuvenate whatever is in your body. It will still be you, cool. but part of you will be cells that you were transplanted so with. So we could live forever. I was just gonna say, when do you die? <laughs> when you want. <laughs> when you want. Yeah. Right. I mean, when you when, get bored when you, in all When do you sell your... an old car? When you want. So I think people will Well, live... I mean, at one point, it's not going to run. At one, at one point, once you replace all the parts, it's, is it even the same car? That's a good question. It look, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, unless your brain is deteriorated, you're probably the same. Can you replace the brain? Ooh. I don't think people how would like brain, to replace the their age? brain, but I think people would like a better memory or perhaps sure. if they have... For, so I think for the beginning, we're going to focus on disease. If people have Parkinson's, if they mm -hmm. have problems with their memory, if they have uh, uh, problems with their vision, with their hearing. So this is... People accept it. The... The issue is, do we want to give superpower, like to have Superman? Right. Like if no, you, we don't. you could have maybe um, when you have cells transplanted in your eye, that they will have capability that even as a young person you didn't have. Maybe you will see my name or ed everybody's name when you look at them. It's maybe you will be uh, able to uh, remember things that even when you had a good memory, you couldn't remember. Like, I don't know, many numbers or all the... I can't remember my... Uh, credit card number but maybe if you give me more powers it will be easy for me to remember all right. the all the digits so it's like a superhuman this but is what we are speaking when I, I i call myself now an advocate of transhumanism where humanism blends with computer sciences mm -hmm. and this is more of a philosophical i think transhumanism will win people will want and have always wanted to have more powers more possibilities. But have you I don't seen think we're Gattaca? going to be able to prevent it. We, we will not stay human <laughs> and strict just to fixing disease. I think we will pass that threshold. That brings a whole other slew of ethical issues, though. Like, if you watch uh, Gattaca, you've seen Gattaca, right? Yes. That is like, there's like a hierarchy of humans, people who are born of love that are the natural humans and the ones who their genes were literally built for them to be perfect and have certain things that were better about them. They have the upper hand over everyone else, and those people end up being like the bottom of the barrel. Like the, they'll have like the well, worst also, jobs, if you're, and they're if you're treated wealthy, badly. Well, and even even beyond that, if we're talking about 
replacing certain parts and increasing longevity of your life with high quality of life for an indeterminately long period of time, potentially indefinitely, the the wealth gap will inevitably become crazy because yeah. you're going to have people who are wealthy enough to replace their parts and continue to build wealth for way longer than, you know, you'll have poor people working in the mines and dying yes. in 20, 30 years and then they're overlords living indefinitely. So I'm very glad, Hannah, that you brought up the story of Gattaca, <laughs> fantastic <laughs> yeah. film by uh, Andrew Nicole. <laughs> yeah. And my favorite scene is when there is this competition at swimming in the, in the ocean. Mm. You remember that scene? I watched it a long time so, ago. So <laughs> uh, the one brother that was made with genetic um, um, engineering, let's mm -hmm. say, is competing with his brother who was born the natural way. And you'd expect the Superman to win. And it's actually the one that did not have the genetic manipulation who wins the competition. Now, I know how difficult it is to swim at the sea. I'm a triathlonist. I did a few days ago the Kinerete triathlon. I'm doing the you're triathlon. You're a pilot. You're a triathlete. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm a, a few do things. Do? <laughs> so swimming in the sea, you need a lot of energy, and there is the current and everything. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then he asks him one question. He says, but if you calculate your forces, you're swimming too fast at the beginning. You will not have energy to come back. And his brother, who was like the natural one, he says, I'm not saving energy for the way back. So as humans, sometimes we have possibility to do things beyond our genetics. And yeah. this is the human spirit. So I think it will always be there. It is not about only improving our muscles or changing the cells. It is about the spirit and the dreams of people and the hope and love people have and, and all the uh, all the dreams that people have for their children, their grandchildren, their friends and their loved ones. And um, the human spirit, I, in my belief, will win. Do you think that this kind of tune-up that you hope comes to be, will it become standard affordable care? So this is a, a very, very good issue to talk about, is about uh, equality of care. And I think since we are in Israel, we should say that Israel is very advanced in bringing health care to everybody. Yes. Um, above the things that I do for Kadima STEM and for my work as a gynecologist, I do volunteer once a month in Rufim Lezchuyot Adam, which is uh, Physicians for Human Rights in Jaffa. And this is a clinic for people in Israel who do not have medical uh, insurance, like um, um, people from Eritrea that cross the border illegally, like right. illegal, um, yeah. um, how do you call them? Uh, illegal Kitim, immigrants uh, uh, and asylum seekers. Yes, asylum seekers. So they don't have Israeli insurance, but we, few physicians are giving them free health care and they receive medication and everything by donations. Are because they not? We, are they not capable of going, say, to the hospital and and receiving? They the do receive medical the, care at yeah. the hospital for emergency, but this is like clinic, like yeah. to see kupat sure. like to Preventative see care. Pre like um, she's pregnant and she needs a follow up, right? Or she wants um, um, contraception, so it's the okay. hospital clinic will not see her with, for emergency day or deliveries or everything. Uh, medical uh, hospitals take care of them even free of charge, right? 
when when needed. But I'm talking about routine care. So yeah. we do we give that. But in Israel, every person has medical insurance, and the level of care is very good. I just came now from two weeks in Peru, and the the condition in countries like that is very very difficult, different between people who do have money and not. We know that even in Israel, people who are wealthy live a few years more than people who are not. There is a gap. We should strive to give the maximum to people all over this planet and the basic health care. And we should try to, to make it as, as, as best as possible. I'm sure that with progress in medicine, there is going to be many diseases that are cured. My first scientific paper as a medical student was on samples of patients with malaria from Egypt. It was just after the wow. health, um, the uh, peace agreement between Israel and Egypt, and I was working in the Hebrew University lab for parasites, and we just diagnosed malaria by tests we received from Egypt. I think if the budget for AIDS would be given to malaria, there would be no malaria in the world. Hmm. It's not a secret that diseases have different budgets and there is much more money for curing cancer than maybe a disease that is in poor countries. Well, that, that's it's very actually, sad. That's actually a topic that we've covered in the past with, with previous guests as well uh, as it pertains to medicine and funding, especially for research, because most pharmaceutical companies, whether this is a conspiracy that's true or, or just some black thinking— it seems that the that the money goes into uh, treatment and not to cures, because a cure doesn't pay as well. There's not as much money. There's not enough. There's not as much return on investment in a cure. You're absolutely right. I think cell therapy may be the answer because if you need to inject insulin every day. I've seen a documentary film about people in the United States cross crossing the border to Canada to purchase insulin because of the price. Oh, yeah. yeah. People sometimes don't well, have that was money. A, that was a huge crisis in America about insulin. It still is. I mean, the price of insulin in America is obscene. So if we have a cure, you do a transplant, and people don't depend on inject. They just have cells producing. So maybe cell therapy, if it becomes a... Uh, more common and more companies and um, and more possibilities. It's not so expensive to make it after we have a, a production line. So I think in the future, cell therapy might be an answer. So and we've had some investor who in, uh, who uh, from from the Emirates, and they said that their condition is that we focus a lot on uh, equal rights for people from. So, but again, from, though, have have you? Have you seen pushback or are you expecting maybe any pushback from big pharma when it comes to Such applying yeah when it comes to applying your potential cures to the masses and putting <laughs> putting them out of business or at the very least hurting their pockets We think it could be a combination I mean we think that big pharma companies should be interested in in cell therapy because you 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 mentioned something <laughs> very very correct uh, uh, in Hebrew, there is a prayer you say for sick people, and you say, El na refa na la. Please, God, cure her. And this is a prayer that Moses says when his sister is ill, mm-hmm. Miriam. And uh, it's uh, when in Hebrew, a physician is called rofe. It's called somebody who cures. It's a, like a curer, right? Mm-hmm. 
he's not a metapel. Metapel is different. He's a care. He's a yeah. therapist. He's a caregiver. But I'm talking about cure. In medicine, there is very, very limited numbers of diseases that we can cure. Maybe the only good example is antibiotics, that if you have a pneumonia, we give you antibiotics, the pneumonia is gone. But most diseases people take, I have high blood pressure, I need to take antihypertensives um, for life. If people have uh, cancer, many times they need to take tamoxifen or other con- uh, medications for life. It's true that we prolong life and we can... maybe keep the disease under control but mm-hmm. we it needs continuous treatment and the pharma companies are having uh, I mean it's it's very 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 expensive to make one single uh, medication but still people need to take it for life and I think I think uh, cell therapy might be a paradigm change all right I'm looking forward to it me too I think it's great cra- it's like People make it into being such a hugely ethical issue, but I think like what you were saying, if they really thought about all of the benefits and the fact that like I think I mean in Jewish law, saving a life comes before everything. Um, and if people think of it that way and not, oh, this potential life that would be thrown away anyway is being used for something good, they could really just move on from that and not think I about mean, yeah. oh this is a potential baby when it's not going to ever become one i mean i'm with you I okay just, like, so i'm glad it convinced both of you oh i was convinced yeah <laughs> no i just think it's interesting to talk about yeah. all of the different like so everything that has such huge benefits also comes with such huge jan- dangers like right now chat gpt is such a huge topic right it's incredible you can ask it anything i had a classmate who was saying it planned a three-day trip to, for her to japan with you know, accommodations oh under God. a certain budget, like everything, every single part of her itinerary. But at the same time, like you, like in class, our professors were telling us, like we won't be able to tell if you, you know, use chat GPT to write your papers unless we see that something is completely like crazy. Um, and it's becoming an issue because they want, they need to find a way to identify that. So everything I mean, I, comes I with asked, some kind like, of an if issue. If chat GPT is ever going to replace your physician. And my answer was, It's not going to be about chat GPT replacing your physicians it's about some physicians using chat GPT and some not right. and I think the right. physicians using it will Bring replace those off. that are not because yeah. it's a tool I'm using it now all the time it's like my best friend if I need to write something it's helping me but it's still my ideas I mean it's a sure. tool and and uh, um, as a, a transhuman I cannot tell about any tool that is for the progress of humans that I will not use it because it's 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 too new for me everything is interesting I'm a very curious person sure and if I can use it to the advantage of my patients or my friends or myself I will use it and um, I'm, I'm all in favor of chat GPT or any other technology to help humans I'm not afraid sure um, but I mean like if you think about AI that also that brings so yeah. much you Like, you know, deep fakes, um, you oh, can't, t- I mean, that's a whole thing, right? <laughs> oh yeah. It's, like it's a huge, uh, anything huge that's problem. amazing and comes with so many benefits, people all are also thinking about, well, how can it go wrong? How it's, can it be used in an evil way? I feel like it's mostly been abused. Yeah. So. <laughs> but, but, uh, uh, I mean, you have to talk about that stuff. Sure. Here, can you give me your hand for a moment? I'd love to. Yeah. So if I give you my hand, you're holding my hand now, right? Yeah. And, and now let's say you don't feel so good. Okay. And I'm. putting my hand on yours and saying you know what I know how to help you and you're gonna be fine yeah, it's very it's very calming no computer can do that no AI can do that <laughs> not it's yet very 
I don't think it will ever change. <laughs> human is the human touch and looking in your eyes and you're listening yeah. to my voice and you're feeling that I care for you. And this cannot be replaced. I mean, it's, it's not the knowledge. Being right. a physician, I think this is one of the professions that is going to be forever because you need somebody who cares for you and, 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 and you're yeah. important for him and he will do everything in his power to help you. Yeah. And I, I have so many friend physicians and they're working night and days and weekends and if they get a phone call in the middle, they, nobody's asking what's in it for me. They're just there for patients. And right. I think for me, I mean, it's, it's, it's the best profession I could choose yeah. because it really gives me the possibility for the best human contact, even more than cinema. So now, a little more. Well, now you're reminding <laughs> me of Patch Adams, another great movie. Another great movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Robin <laughs> Williams oh, with the red nose. God, rest in peace. Yes. Uh, something I was reminded of a moment ago, you, you're, you've you used now the word transhuman a couple times, and I love the term. But what it reminds me of is obviously the, the issue of transsexualism and transgenderism. And it has nothing to do with it. I know. Yeah, it's I just know. a similar word. I know, I know, I know, a, I know exactly. But I'm curious, though, because we also talked about replacing parts and changing and changing ourselves using stem cells. Do you think it, it theoretically is possible to use stem cell therapies to actually make it so that you can actually change genders and sexes? So I think if people want to change their gender and they want to become, let's say, from male to female. Right. And the issue is about having a baby. It's not only about organs. Right. And it's much more. You yeah. need the hormones. Okay? And and you need um, the, the, the blood supply to the uterus. I think this is very, very far from where we are today. Mm -hmm. Right. And... Um, I think it's going to be extremely expensive and maybe dangerous to do changes like that. And we should look at those things with a lot of care. But still, people do at least part of the way and change the way they look and right, change sure. the way they behave. But those, and, I mean, but and, those uh, are essentially those this are essentially is not cosmetic. The, this is not the 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 center of my work. Of, but yeah. I do understand I that you, uh, I cannot predict everything sure and if the technology is there and somebody is going to go into that direction it has to be done under a lot of psychological support oh, and yeah. philosophical support and with all um, all those precautions maybe something else that Hannah and I, and I actually discussed uh, in preparation for this was there are issues for example with with CRISPR and gene therapies uh, leaching for lack of a better term into the hereditary gene pool and is that an issue that you're facing with what you're doing at Kadima stem is 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 there something that no no okay <laughs> so <it's> just no <laughs> Kadima stem is not in using a crispr technology we're working but on I'm, cell but like therapy which is right. a different domain I wrote um, so my first any, book but, so in, none in of Hebrew. The changes that is, you're doing it has are, are seventeen. Hereditary. It has seventeen chapters about the future of medicine. In the first book I wrote, one of them is dedicated to cell therapy, like Kadima stem, and I give the story of Kadima stem. A different chapter is talking about CRISPR. Mm. There is a potential for CRISPR to cure 
some genetic diseases, and there are already two or three medications based on CRISPR technology. Yeah. However, the medical community is very, very careful about using CRISPR. There has been one attempt to change embryo in China, and He is the medical doctor who is supposedly in jail for doing those three Because uh, embryos. Because it was a hereditary change. We should be very careful about changing our genes. Yeah. And it's a very, very different story than uh, replacing cells where we right. are maybe taking cells from a different genetic origin, but we're not playing with the gene, with the genome. So I'm willing to give a talk about the CRISPR, but it's a completely yeah, different that... topic. And Kadima Stem is working on different issues, as I said. AstroRx and IletRx, and I think in the future, um, much more will be cell therapy. And for CRISPR, I think there is many issues that it can be involved with, but the last thing we should want is to play with our genome. Uh, yeah, I agree with, with that. All right. Gattaca. Gattaca. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is a wrap. Thank you so much, Professor Ariel Ruvel. <laughs> yeah, you pronounce it well. Oh, the French way. <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much for coming in again. And Hannah, of course, it's a pleasure to have you in the studio with us. I'm Aaron Porras. And for more actually serious topics, remember again to like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast on AaronPorras.com, all major social media, Aaron Porras on YouTube, and of course, Audioversity, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. We love you. See you next time. Bye Thank bye. you. Bye-bye. Actually, Serious. Amazing conversations from Israel, all topics considered. With Aaron Porras and Hannah Rifkin. All our shows and podcasts available online on our website and on all podcast platforms. Search Audioversity 